Becky's and Dana's, you know the show is called Don't Ask Tig, but despite my reluctance, you are technically allowed to ask me for advice. So send in your problems. Do you have a confession you need to tell me? Issues with dating or your love life? From office etiquette to parenting advice to gift ideas, don't ask away. Just go to don'tasktig.org or call me at 833 833- Two seven five eight four four four. That's eight three three. Ask Tig four, and leave a voicemail if I don't pick up. But that phone number does ring the phone directly next to my bed, so I should answer. But if I don't, leave a voicemail. Okay. Look forward to hearing from you. Now on with the show. You got two children, two cats, three cats, three. Okay, we have Can, three now. Oh, so there's a new. There's a new. It's a new well, there cat. was one, and then we got two new ones together. So there's been three, but you okay. know, why would you spend time counting my animals? <laughs> This is Don't Ask Tig. I'm Tig Notaro reminding you that the best advice often comes from within. So maybe ask yourself instead. My guest today is an actor, comedian, and writer. She plays Carol on the Apple TV show Mythic Quest. You can find her performing in the stand-ups on Netflix, as well as That's My Time with David Letterman. Naomi Ekperigan. Hey. How are you? I am all right, Tig. You know. Are you? I mean, I'm in one of those moods where, and at least I have awareness now, nothing is Mm -hmm. wrong externally-ish, but I (laughs) really, like, hate everything. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. Is this always or right now? It's an ebb and a flow with me, and I Mm -hmm. think it's that, um... I, in general, am not good with managing my downtime, and we are in a business mm. with a lot of downtime, and I'm just in one of those lulls, and I just am I like, see. I don't know what to do, and then that's when I really don't like living in LA, because it's like, in New York, there's always something to kind of keep you busy in terms of just, I don't know, I'll just like walk to Dwayne Reed. I'll be on a train, and the train <laughs> decides to stop working, and then next thing you know, that's an hour <laughs> out of your day, and I just am like, I don't know what to do with my time. Well, you're on Don't Ask Tig. I know. And I'm very happy to have you here. I hope that I'm not part of all the things you hate because (laughs) I adore you. Uh, And uh, I just wanted to share with people, I was not familiar with you until I directed you on Two Dope Queens. uh, And I was like, who is this person? And how do I see more of her? Oh, my God. I mean, truly, I think you're hilarious. I'm honored. I'm honored. Do you remember that show, though? Do you remember I got a second degree burn on my forehead right before we started filming? (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) It was so funny because, you know, you're always nervous of the taping. And then I said, Uh Tig, Tig, this is my first time meeting Tig. And then, literally, with a curling iron, burn my forehead. And I said, you know what? Just let go and let God. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you need something to happen to take your mind off of, like, 
the nerves. Yes. And so that's what happened. Yeah. You burned your head and it took out all the nerves. Away. Well, you killed on that show. Thank you. Thank you. I don't advise anybody doing that on purpose. Okay. Don't hurt yeah. yourself thinking it's going to take away stage fright. Don't do it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it worked. The perfect storm happened. Yep. But man, are you good. Thanks. And you're not from California. You're mm-hmm. born and raised mm-hmm. in Harlem. Yeah. And then went to private school on the Upper East Side. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what happens. That happens sometimes. And that experience, <laughs> you've said, helped you develop an outsider perspective? I say that is why I do stand-up. Like, literally uh-huh. full stop, right? Yeah. Because it's interesting. When people find out now, if I'm like, oh, yeah, I went to Dalton. I grew up in Harlem. They go, ooh, fancy. And I'm like, yeah. I'm from pre-Red Rooster Harlem, okay? When nobody <laughs> with Harlem, okay? It was not cool yeah. growing up. It was Harlem, 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 Harlem. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like Harlem in the 80s. Do you recall yeah. the film New right. Jack City? That's it. Um, but it was just, not just because I was different, but it was literally to me, it gave me that awareness of every single day taking the bus, you know, from Harlem to the Upper East Side, and you just, like, watch the city change, right? And you Uh go, oh, this is where rich people live, or this is the difference here. Like, I remember growing up, me and another friend of mine who lived in Harlem, we would take the bus together. We'd take the bus home together, and, you know, the bus would be full after school, but we would always stand by white people because we knew they were getting off the bus by 96th Street. So we knew a seat (laughs) was going to open up. And so we'd literally be like, you stand by that old white lady. I'm going to stand over here, and then we're going to get a seat and you know that was the rule for the longest you knew at 96th street it would empty out and then kind of in early 2000s and after that it went higher and higher it would be 103rd then 110 Uh then 116th and i was like okay they're here they're here yeah they're everywhere let's be honest (laughs) how did that inform your comedy being the outsider i just feel like it was a hyper awareness of situations that ability to look at it on a macro level Mm -hmm. and be like this is wild is anyone else like familiar with this and how crazy it is and um yeah also you know a lot of times too and this can still happen but especially back when i was younger what it was to be like one of the few black people in a white space uh-huh. and a lot of times people people not paying attention to me like you could just really like horn in on some stuff when people don't think you're supposed to be there right. or if somebody thinks you work someplace and you're like actually yes. no i'm in attendance i am not <laughs> passing apps and it's like you can like really get in some tea some information i call it going inside Caucasia. You know what I mean? Uh I felt very much like I was a David Attenborough type. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. No, I'm in attendance. (laughs) I mean, do you enjoy Los Angeles? I know you're um, bored right now, but what are you missing about New York? Look, I hate to belabor it and I hate to be somebody because I do think it's very cliche to be a New Yorker who doesn't like LA. But I just think it's a matter of this is not my frequency, this land. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. drive, Tig. So that's problem one. I know, I got to pick you up and <laughs> drop you off all around town. But, you know, people have their complaints now about New York, that it's not what it was decades ago. And so do you still feel like when you go back to New York, you're like, oh, this feels right, I'm home? Or It definitely does feel different. Mm-hmm. And I recognize how, for instance, when I get there, it does take me a couple of days to acclimate. I'm like, oh, no, yeah. I've become someone who's like forgot about crowds. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I think it's just, you know, what I'm used to. I think that I really... I like the energy and the buzz on the streets. Mm-hmm. That's something that throws me off here. Like when I walk, and I mean, even in the middle of the day, you know, walking the dog, and I'm like, I'm the only person on the block. That's weird. Right. 
Yeah. It's like, where is everybody? Plus, I watch all these murder shows, so I'm convinced I'm on the brink of death at any time. Well, I'm sure your dog would save you. No, she would go home with whoever it was. Okay. <laughs> Take literally. I'm telling you. You come up and try to murder me, she would just look at you and be like, are you my mommy now? <laughs> so rude. What kind of dog? She's a tiny, like, we think Maltese Yorkie mix. But kind of yeah. looks like any of those, like a Havanese uh, little poodle. Maybe a cat. <laughs> Maybe a cat. Perhaps <laughs> yeah. a potato. Sometimes she yeah. looks like a real potato, <laughs> just a potato on four legs. So you have a podcast, which I've been on, yes. called Couples Therapy, mm-hmm. that you co-host yes. with your adorable, wonderful husband, <laughs> Andy. Yes. I hope you're still feeling that way, even <laughs> hating everything right I now. I am. Well, currently, Tig, he's sick. He got a fever of 101.5. Is it COVID? Well, we just took PCRs. He tested negative on the rapids. I tested negative on the rapids, and I don't have symptoms. But he also hasn't had a fever in years. So we're like, is this the one? So we're waiting to see. And so where is he right now? He's in the back. He's in the bedroom. He's quarantined. Oh, no. We're living separate. I slept on the couch last night. And had the animals with me. And then yeah. he's back there. And the fever seems to have broken. But the question is, is it going to stay broke? Because, you know, when you take the acetaminophen, yeah. it does yeah. its job. But it's got to be on its own. He's got to be fever-free for 24 hours. Well, I'm going to be thinking about him. Thank you. And it was a joy for Stephanie and I to join you on Couples Therapy. What wisdom would you say you've gained from asking a bunch of people about a typically private (laughs) subject. Um, Their love life. Exactly, right. Their relationships. And I will say this, I and what's something I love and why I tend to probe in general with people is like, what I've learned is that everybody got a struggle. You know what I mean? Even the relationship that's 20 years strong, the person who seems like they're like single and fabulous, you know, everyone's got a struggle. And it doesn't mean like it's all bad, but even the most solid relationship is like, we go through this, right? This is a fight we have and this is how we work through it. And I think it's so important to know those things the same way, you know, just talking about like, oh, you can get sick because it's so easy to compare and despair and look at people's lives and go, they got it locked down. You know, they know what's up. Yes. And then you look at yourself and go, why don't I have that? Right. And so the moment you find out, it's like, we are struggling with something. I mean, look, Andy's sick. The house is a disarray. Okay. And I don't even have children. Just literally already one cat. He done missed one of his medicines. I said, damn it. I got to go back. (laughs) And like, I am a true, like messy monster and Uh I will clean it because I know he'll be (laughs) upset if I don't. So he is not a messy monster. No, 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 no. He likes order and tidy. And I also think it's one of his procrastination tools is to clean. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Whereas me, my procrastination tools take a nap. So like, (laughs) he's like... Meanwhile, your animals are left going, these are our parents. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. He's got work to do and she is sleeping and this house is immaculate. (laughs) It is fascinating because you can learn that lesson over and over that everyone is struggling, whether it's in their relationship, in their job, with their family, with their friend circle, their health, whatever it is, you can think people are all set. And then you hear, no, 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 they're struggling. You go, oh, right. Everyone struggles. And then you go back to your regular life. And you <laughs> go, oh, they're doing okay. Everybody's okay. And no, no, no. Every, yeah. every single person (laughs) look to your left look to your right look at your neighbors look in your family your friend circle your job everyone's struggling here or there yeah 
Yeah. And it is great to have those conversations to remind people that they're not alone. Right. That's what you're doing. I'm trying. I'm trying to do it too. You're doing it. You're doing it. I'm doing well, you it. know you are a calming force in the lives of millions. Okay, Tick? I'm going to tell you that right now. Because like, you're so silly and funny, but in such a calm way like it really feels very effortless mm. it doesn't feel thirsty it doesn't feel sweaty and so i always feel like it's very like take take me away you know very calgon <laughs> i want to be there <laughs> i will take you away any old day <laughs> thanks for the kind words and i'm wondering if you're ready to try and help some people out you know bring some calmness or some absolutely. silliness or absolutely good advice bad advice the show is don't ask tig so you know right Right, right, right. It's wide open. These people are desperate. You know, you've told them not to ask you, and they're asking you. But so are we. So are we. (laughs) We're desperate, and we're giving them answers. We're all desperate. We're all struggling and desperate. Now, your couples therapy experience might come in handy for our first question, all right? Mm -hmm. Alyssa writes... My husband and I have been married 18 years with two kids, with the last handful of years being quite bumpy. Our interests have diverged over time, but we are trying to revive our relationship with therapy, and we would also like to start a new hobby, activity, or interest together. What do you recommend we pick up to bring us closer together? Okay. Well, Alyssa, well, first of all, Alyssa, you gave me no backstory to tell me what your interests are already. Well, it feels like kind of who cares? Because (laughs) I'll say right out of the gate, I never would have thought pickleball would be something I would be into. (laughs) But I've enjoyed pickleball and Stephanie turns out she enjoys pickleball. And that's fun. You know, you give the advice you want to give. But I would say, aside from a specific advice Mm -hmm. of a new hobby, my gut tells me, just try new things together. Yeah. And that creates new conversations, new topics of discussion, which I guess are also conversations. (laughs) But, um, you know, I just... Stephanie and I, when we first started dating, we had this box of random suggestions we both threw in there and crumpled up. And, you know, you can open the box and dig something out and go to some pottery place yes. and make a clay pot mm-hmm. and just surprise yourself. What's your feeling? Okay, that is... First of all, that is the cutest thing I've ever heard. A box of lover surprises. Okay. <laughs> and also, I agree because this is also something that Andy and I, as I said, like we run up against, especially certainly, you know, having been in quarantine isolation where we just, I think we just got used to not doing stuff, you know? Yeah. And so now uh-huh. we really do have to make a concerted effort. And one of the things we do, you know what it is? What is what it? What I say is make it a yes. Meaning, uh-huh. you know how you might hear about somebody go, oh, that's good. But then you just kind of just like, go, you know, and pivot and whatever else instead of whenever i get like a huh i go make it a yes yes let's do that Uh. right so if someone's like oh yeah like someone's telling me like synespia you know which like movies at hollywood forever cemetery and it was like oh okay and then it was like make it a yes okay andy let's look it up and let's see what movie's coming up that we want to see that's gonna be like good for us to do and then we get our tickets right like because i find that sometimes i just like will have half an idea and not really follow through and you know, mm-hmm. look, my phone has so much to do. Yeah. And I'll just do that instead. And so I think it's really like pushing yourself to go past the sounds interesting into actually doing it. And find out if it's interesting. Exactly. And also, I don't know about you, but like 
I really bond over uh, hating stuff, you know, so like mm-hmm. a shared hatred. So even if I go, we do something and it's not fun, we have a lot of fun, <laughs> like just sitting there being like, what is wrong with everyone else? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes, that's great. Uh, I feel like I'd waste Alyssa's time by rattling off things aside from my new favorite thing pickleball you're the second person to bring up pickleball in 12 hours okay i'm gonna tell it you it is right the now. fastest growing sport for sure in the u.s but where do you play do you go to a te- well a lot of tennis courts are becoming okay multi-use you can okay. do tennis or pickleball but outside of that go do anything and everything like you're saying and um make it a yes yeah because you should choose to care about what to do with your free time right anyway right Choose to care. Make it a yes. Get out there, Alyssa. Um, One last idea is that you and your husband could just listen to Don't Ask Tig or couples therapy. You know, you could do that. Yeah, you could do that. I hope that helps. That honestly gets people talking because sometimes we definitely have people who are like, we heard this and it made us think of this. You know, Uh I think it's a good neutral way to bring up relationship questions and issues, right? Because you hear someone else and you're like, what would you do if you were in that situation, honey? (laughs) (laughs) And then you get them, you like kind of get them. Yeah, it's it's true. It's any of those uh, conversation starters or or what's going to bring back the fire <laughs> what about a sexy lover's dance class people always say take a dance class because oh my gosh I'm like on one hand i'm like i see why that's a go-to suggestion but that is so funny it also seems to be like kind of a nightmare like to be in a class setting learning to oh dance my god among- <laughs> yes it sounds like a nightmare but it also sounds just the perfect amount of ridiculousness <laughs> to look at stephanie and be like look at what we're doing <laughs> Just to drag this relationship <laughs> along another decade. <laughs> Look at us. Oh my gosh. We met on the movie called In a World. Mm-hmm. And whenever we find ourselves in some embarrassing or sad or pathetic or weird situation, we always turn to each other and say, We met on In a World. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's time to take a break. Naomi and I will be right back with more questions. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. You can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Sephora, and Zappos. And even stack deals on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. And we're back. Naomi, as we mentioned, you have a pet potato yep. that has four legs yep. that might be a cat. Yep. I have a daughter, a potato daughter dog, and then I have two cat sons. 
Oh, and it's just, that's you know, cute. yeah, it's a full house. It's very tender. The cats are brothers and they're 16 years old. And the dog, you know, she's new to the gang and they're really like, they tolerate each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they really find yeah. her to be very like, calm down, you know, right? Like dogs make sounds. Cats don't really unless they want your attention. And so when she barks, they're like, ew. Well, yeah, we have one cat that meows a lot. Like just cause. And we call her Squeakers. <laughs> yeah. Her name is Skip, but I know Skip sounds like a nickname, but it's her God-given name. <laughs> and then Squeakers is because she's just... Con- you, yeah. Well, you know how it sounds. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they all... All three of them follow each other around the house, which is <gasps> pretty cute. That is so cute. I That's know. tender. Your house is like... I think your home would be a really good picture book. You need to think about making a book for children because you have t- red-headed twins and three cats. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's a drawing. <laughs> well i mean sometimes the drawing has coloring inside Uh the lines and then sometimes it goes real far out of the lines but that's life right we love it we love it all right well your experience with your animals might apply with this next listener question lauren writes i share my bed with my partner tim a dog and two cats in the early morning, our cat Charlie bullies Tim into waking up and leaving the bedroom to sleep in the living room. <laughs> Is it my responsibility to get involved or just let my partner and cat hash it out? <laughs> <laughs> That is so funny. And I have to tell you, I directly relate to this because our dog sleeps in the bed with us. Yeah. And... Andy lets her run his sleep life. When I tell you this man will be on a sliver of the bed and this dog is pushed him out. This is a 10 pound dog tick. Okay. So she is making a concerted effort to stretch her body horizontally to make it so that he is on the edge of the bed. Yeah. I said to him, Andy, we pay these bills. (laughs) How you going to let her have you on the edge of the bed? And he said, well, I don't want to move her. I don't want to disturb her. There have been times he will get up and he will go to the living room. And I said, you know what? I can't control your life. If you choose to let a dog run you, that's on you. (laughs) Listen, one of my good friends, Leslie, and some people might know her from my HBO special is Lele. (laughs) But she was trying to leave town two days ago. And our friend was going to pick her up. But Leslie said, I'm running late and I don't know when I will be ready because look, and she sent a picture. Her cat had gotten in her suitcase. (laughs) So she said, obviously, I can't pack until my cat decides to get out of my suitcase. I'm not going to bother her. And that also reminds me of my favorite cartoon that Stephanie found that she sent me. Oh my God, it makes me laugh so hard. This old woman is sitting in a rocking chair and a cat is sleeping in her lap. And out of the window in the distance, you see a tornado headed towards her house. (laughs) (laughs) And that is her priority is that she doesn't want to disturb her cat. She's going to put her life on the line. So I understand the not disturbing animals. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And letting animals run your life, I guess. Right. So. But you can't intervene. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. They have to establish their dynamics. And if their dynamic is such that Tim, Tom, 
I don't know white Tim. men's names. I just assume he white. I don't know why. Because maybe he let a cat move him. And you can't <laughs> act like you don't know white men's names when you're married to Andy, who is white. But there's like white, interchangeable. White. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like if you were like, I'm Andy, but also like I'm Brian, but also I'm Ben. I'd be like, sure. Like whatever name but, he has that day. So what do we tell Lauren? Does she get involved or we just say this is no. this is how it goes? No, unless he's complaining, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, I can't ever sleep, whatever. But it's like, it seems to me like he, he's, he's letting it happen and he thinks it's probably yeah. kind of cute. And it's like, okay, cat, we share. Yeah. You're fine. Lauren, everything's, everything's fine. fine. Thanks for writing in. Say hi to Tim <laughs> and Charlie for us. <laughs> Was it Tim or Tom? Tim? Tim, Tom, Charlie, Ben. Naomi, this next question is what I call a Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. (laughs) Karsten writes, I am a funny woman raising a funny daughter, and I allow her to curse at home. Mm -hmm. In public, she generally contains herself. (laughs) I'm also in the relationship of a lifetime. It is healthy, stable, trusting, and he loves my daughter as well. We are meeting his parents for a vacation, and he asked if I could please leave my daughter with my parents while we go because of my daughter's lack of filter. (laughs) His parents are the type who would be shocked to hear her curse. I told my boyfriend that she would be on her best behavior, but he is still uncomfortable. Hmm. I can't help but feel that she is being left out, as his nieces will also be there. Hmm. Should I sit her down and tell her the reason she can't come? Um, I mean, do you have feelings? Okay. In the Mm -hmm. shoes of the guy who's allegedly great, Uh because I am still using allegedly, okay? Because, you know, I have questions now. Sure. But, you know, when you bring your partner in to see your family and maybe you and your family got drama or, you know, your you know how your family is, right? We all have a, we know how they're going to be. Sure. And you feel like, I don't want to add another layer to this Uh because it's not worth dealing with them yet in that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I get where he might be like, can we not? Yeah. But in doing that, not only are you excluding the child, Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're, you're saying, okay, I don't want my parents to know that you are this way as a parent. Yeah. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Which is another thing too. That's you're also, it feels a little exclusionary in a way that it's like, I think suck it up suck it up and he's got to be uncomfortable for a few days or maybe is there a split the diff where it's like okay you'll go be with your grandparents for two days and then you'll meet us for two days mm-hmm. you know is there well i mean i know that's easier said than done with kids traveling but yeah i i mean i feel like if the concern is about the filter you're gonna have that edge for two days which is gonna feel like an eternity mm, and true. might as well just do four days right but listen if if you just solve Karsten's problem, then great. But I would lean towards, you got to bring the kid because I would say the kid's feelings are more important than the parents being shocked over this or the boyfriend, his struggle, because so they're shocked. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Like they're shocked. Okay. I mean, it's like my kids cuss. And when my stepfather came last year, I was like, hey, just so you know, Max and Finn, uh, they cuss. 
And he was like, oh, did they uh, learn that from school? And I said, no, from Stephanie. And he laughed and whatever. I mean, he was very laid back with so many things like that. So there wasn't really an issue. But I do feel like I would trust that if the kid doesn't normally do this in public, that they're going to rein it in at that house. I mean, I don't think Max and Finn cuss at school Mm because we don't hear about Mm -hmm. it. And uh, we did visit some family friends and they were playing baseball in the backyard and Max yelled, what the hell was that? (laughs) And everybody laughed. I mean, they they were five at the time, but it was also a little like, oh, wow. (laughs) But everyone lived. Right. You know, and I would just put your immediate bubble first. That's your priority. Mm -hmm. That's my feeling. Yeah. I put such importance in your immediate bubble of your family and what is your relationship. And if you're seeing this as a long-term thing, which it feels like if you're bringing in family and close friends and taking vacations, it feels pretty serious. Then I would just say, look, I trust that my daughter's not going to do that. And I don't feel comfortable leaving her behind. Yeah. And yeah. and just go with that. But I, I hear you. It's it's tough. But also, I think it's like, and if you are really adamant about leaving her behind, I'm not coming. Yeah. Right? Like, that has to be the next step. Or tell your parents. Well, this is what I was going to say. Having a conversation with the parents. I think it's two things. Like, he and Karsten can sit down with her daughter. And he doesn't have to uh-huh. speak, but he can just be present to know yeah. what the conversation yeah. is. And just like... We're going here and we have to be mindful of our words because, you know, Grammy and Grandpa are very delicate and they're from a different time. (laughs) And, you know, we don't want whatever. So at least, okay, everyone's been in on that conversation. So you need to watch your mouth. (laughs) Exactly. You better shut the up when we're there. Okay. (laughs) And then he has to have a conversation with his parents that are like, you know, just a heads up. She's a precocious little gal, you know, yeah. whatever it is. It's Sometimes like, she says things, yeah, we're working on it, exactly. but this is the package that I come with these days. Like, this is the package I come with these days. Yeah. And that's why I, you know, I didn't really mean it, but that's why I said allegedly, because it's like, if this person's great, you and your daughter are his family uh-huh. or are soon going to be his family or, you know, you feel mm-hmm. like your family where it's like, it's a, it's a done deal. Don't leave it. Hey, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. come on, come on. You gotta have nieces running around. Yeah. You know. Kirsten, that's a real him boy. So best of luck to you. <laughs> Naomi, our final question is from a fiscally focused fiance. Ooh. Kate writes, my partner and I are engaged. We can't decide if we want to have a big wedding at a venue or just elope. Money is tight and even having a modest and somewhat small wedding will stretch our budget. I know that doing a super cheap DIY wedding is possible, but it would take a lot of time and energy, which I'm not too keen on. Mm-hmm. Eloping would save money and probably be a lot less stressful, but we would miss out on having a big party with family and friends. We are stuck in this indecision phase. What should we do? I say split up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Okay, no, I've dealt with this for a long time uh-huh. and I've thought about every okay. iteration. Here's what you can do. I say you elope maybe the few family and friends that can swing it, you know, they'll come join you. Obviously you need some yeah. witnesses, right? Uh-huh. And then if what you want, and I understand this impulse so much, is a gathering of friends and family to celebrate this change in your life. You say, 
we're all meeting at such and such bar or restaurant or whatever for two or three hours one afternoon. Mm-hmm. Maybe you open up a tab for $1,000. Maybe you don't at all. Maybe it's cash to your thing. But the idea is like, come if you want to come. Letting people know the parameters. I think people who love you will be down for whatever as long as they know yeah. what it is. I think when people come yeah. and they're like, where's the food? But if you say, we're doing X, come through. Yeah. Come through to celebrate us. If not, I think you can do that. And you can do it without spending a lot of money. Because this is like, I had to deal with this for so long. And I'll tell you like, I've been engaged for so long and I'm only now biting the bullet on the wedding because I wanted to wait until we did have the money. And I also Uh felt like I wasn't so pressed about like, we have to be legally wed. It felt like, you know, once you're co-hosting a podcast, I mean, that's legally binding. Exactly. That's what the government's going to be looking at. That's what they're looking at. You know, how many episodes. And so, Mm -hmm. so I wasn't pressed for that. So I said, okay, we can wait if we want to do something more formal. But I had thought about so many iterations. And I'm also with you, like, I'm not a DIY. I'm not an Etsy kind of person and able to, you know, make paper swans or whatever. Like, I, so <laughs> I knew what I was going to need to do, which is pay somebody money. But if it's like, if you're not attached to the trappings of it and what you truly want is the gathering of people, you can do that for lower nobody and i also say afternoon because i think afternoon things in general tend to be cheaper tend to be less Uh crowded you know you're not also dealing with the dinner time expectation yeah you can really have a two to five moment i mean you nailed it all right so kate congrats on your future marriage Mm -hmm. regardless of how it happens but i think you should go with what naomi suggested that's really good all right naomi we've got one last thing to do before i let you go We're being called upon to name that thing. Name that thing. Yeah. On name that thing, people write in when they don't know what to name some things of theirs. Mm -hmm. Like their betta fish or beehive. The catch is they must use the name. No going back. Mm. Does this make sense? Yes. All right. Karen writes, Hi, Tig. I have recently started roller derby. After a few months of people calling me by my nickname, KP, it's time for my derby name. Mm. I'm struggling to come up with something and would love your input. Please help. Thanks and love your show. Well, Karen, way to not tell us a darn thing about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could just be, okay, it's Fred. Enjoy it, you know? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, Naomi, is there anything that pops out well, to that's you? Well, I'm trying to think of like a pun on something, uh-huh. but that also implies power and danger, you know? And that's kind of the hard... Um, what about power and danger? What about danger field? Danger field. I don't like it. Even I said it, I didn't like it. But sometimes you got to just put yeah. it out. I don't like it. What? No, it. you have to get thoughts going. Yeah. Were you thinking of Rodney Dangerfield? Well, for a second, I thought of a derby, but it doesn't happen on a field. <laughs> it's on a <laughs> ring. <laughs> danger rink. No. Danger. Danger. I just feel like it's like they always have like fun, cool, like we're going to, you know. Smash your face. Exactly. In. Smashing pumpkin. Smashing pumpkin is good. <laughs> that could be cute. I like that. That's sweet. Smashing pumpkin. What do you think? You want to keep going? We can keep workshopping. Um, okay, but right now, smashing pumpkin is really, really good. 
or smash sister as opposed to a smash brother. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't love it. But again, I'm just trying to, we need whimsy and power. We need to evoke whimsy and power. Well, and then there's KP is her nickname. Is there some, because P could be pumpkin. That's true. Killer pumpkin. Oh, that's fun. Or uh, what about Killer Punkin? <laughs> killer Punisher. It's <laughs> really mean and scary. I'm thinking of really hardcore, but also soft. Yeah. So Killer Punkin. Oh, I see, I see. You know, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hi, Punkin. Hey, Punkin. Hey, Punkin. Killer Punkin oh. coming around the bend, right? Like Not see. Pumpkin. Punkin. Yeah. Punkin. Killer Punkin. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Killer Punkin. Yeah, that's it. All right, so KP, are you sure over Smashing Pumpkin? Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> okay, so KP now stands for Killer Pumpkin. <laughs> All right, Karen, your official roller derby name is Killer Pumpkin. <laughs> Hope you like it, and we can't wait to see the jersey. <laughs> Naomi, it was so fun catching up with you. And thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. A dang delight lifted me up in the middle of the day. Do you have anything you'd like to promote? As always, listen to Couples Therapy. Check out Couples Therapy. Subscribe to Couples Therapy. You know what? While you're clicking around, subscribe to Don't Ask Tig. Yeah. Yeah. You got to leave it a five-star review. Okay? Oh. Five stars. That's what we need out here. Or just leave me a nasty, crazy review because people do that too, right? <laughs> no, we don't want that. <laughs> we can't We can't control what they're doing. I'd pr- appreciate that you leave nice ones, five stars. If you have any advice or questions to not ask me, you can send them in at don'tasktig.org and we might try to answer them in a future episode. Or you can now call 833-275-8444. That's 833-ASK-TIG-4 and leave me a voicemail. All right. Well, again, I adore you. I think you're hilarious. And I hope to see you soon. See you soon, TIG. Don't Ask Tig is hosted by me, Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willette, Shana Deloria, and Lauren Humpert. Our executive producer and editor is Beth Perlman. Engineering and sound mixing by Alex Simpson. Digital production by James Napoli. Talent booking by Marianne Ways. Our theme music is Friend in Tig by Edie Burkell and Kyle Crusham. And Listen to Your Heart by Edie Burkell. Special thanks to Hunter Seidman. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavadi, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Concept developed by Tracy Mumford. Our executive consultant is Dean Capello and Gobsmack Studios. 
You can always ask for advice at don'tasktig.org. Just write in with your problem or send us a voice memo. Remember to follow us on social media at Don't Ask Tig. Don't Ask Tig is a production of American Public Media. And as always, thanks, Dana, and I'll tell Becky. I'm stand-up comedian and sex symbol Tig Notaro. And I'm actor and writer Cheryl Hines. Before Cheryl and I got into the big business of podcasting together, (laughs) we were just simply friends. And we're still friends. But now we talk about a different documentary every week on our podcast, Tig and Cheryl, True Story. So whether you love documentaries or just want to hear us slowly lose our minds, check out Tig and Cheryl, True Story, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, cool.